Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Happy March Madness it is. Welcome to the Tomahawk Nation Hoops Dedicated Podcast. I am Matt Minnick, your host, joined as always by Michael Rogner, uh, coming to you on, what is this, March 15th. This is, the, this is the podcast that we did not get to do last year, Michael. We, we, there was, you know, COVID hit just before March Madness and you know, arguably FSU's best chance to cut down the nets uh, or at least go to the final four in the last 50 years uh, or 40 years was, was not to be. Um, but, but it feels good to be back a year later uh, and, and being able to actually do a, a podcast about um, March Madness. So you've, you've got to start the pod with uh, bring, digging up those, those memories from last year when we, when we were pretty much a lock for the Final Four. So I, yeah, I thanks, don't think that, that. Uh, I'll ever get over it. I, you know, I, can't, I, I still can't imagine what Trent Forrest feels like or um, you know, Ray, Patrick, but Trent especially, building your whole career towards yeah. that. Um, and we kind of talk about, maybe we'll get into this in a little bit too with this year's version of the team, but you know, final four runs usually aren't built in one off season. It's, it's very rarely that like even the Kentuckys of the world don't just bring in a bunch of new guys and go to the final four. And so it's a process. It's a, it's a maturation period and something that happens over time. And it, it felt like it was culminating in that. And I, I honestly don't know uh, how I would get over it if I was Trent Forrest, but let's get over it on this podcast. Uh, and we'll go from one sad subject to another. How about, how about we'll start off with uh, with a, with a disappointing 
disappointing loss because all losses are disappointing. Um, but especially just given that it looked like there was a, you know, the chance there to get an ACC championship banner um, against Georgia tech, especially when Florida state went up nine in the second half and you felt like, okay, things are coming together. This is what I'm used to seeing. And, and then it just, you know, Georgia tech was just able to close better. When FSU made that run that you're talking about, they, that, that put us up, I think it was 44, 35. That, That's right. That's right. That, it looked so good at that point. And then Georgia Tech immediately responds with a 13-2 run to take the lead. Mm-hmm. And it, and at that point, it was just like Georgia Tech is fired up and rolling and Florida State is stumbling and and nobody on Florida State's team is, is uh, you know, able to just to just will this team to the finish line. And it was it was a super frustrating game to watch, especially those last 10 minutes. Yeah, it's always frustrating when when your team shoots pretty well, I mean, Hey, Florida state was eight of 15 from the three point line. Um, 53%. I, I wish they took more than 15 shots. They seemed uh, lately. It seems like FSU is allergic to, to take in some of these open threes that you would expect the best three point shooting team in the, in the conference to just fire away, especially when you've got great offensive rebounders. Um, but, you know, so eight of 15 from three, they shot well from the free throw line. Uh, they, they rebounded well. They did grab some of their own misses and, and actually they, you know, kind of even defended well uh, in stretches. The, the 80 points by Georgia tech, you know, was a large, when they weren't getting open layups in transition, I thought Florida state uh, defended not terribly, but you know, you can't, you can't turn the ball over 36 or 37% of your possessions and expect to win a conference championship game. Yeah, the, like the end of game free throws, the kind of intentionally fouling skews the offensive numbers a little bit for Georgia Tech. So yeah, Florida State did play, you know, at times some 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 championship caliber defense and offense. And when we when we didn't turn the ball over, I think we scored like you know one point seven points per possession or something crazy. It was which, just which like, is against Georgia Tech's defense. Yeah, yeah, against a good defense, you you cannot lose a game you know, with an offense that is performing at that high of a level. But I, I don't even know what the analogy would be of something that's just completely humming along, except for these endless string of stupid hiccups that keep happening. Um, but that was that game. It was just like elite offense sandwiched around strings of turnovers. Yeah, and and, and the worst kind of turnovers too. Uh, live, live ball turnovers, uh, numerous just straight up steals. I think what Georgia Tech had 15 steals. Um, and, and, you know, after the game, I, you know, there was, uh, everyone likes to talk about um, teams that are handsy and look, Florida state over the years has been kind of a handsy team, particularly when you go back to the Chris Singleton days and, you know, VCU's a handsy team. And um, but so were all those clean, I, I don't know, probably not, but that, that doesn't really Honestly, in my mind, you need to be stronger with the ball than that anyways. It's, or, or take the shot. Don't try to dribble into the teeth of the defense. Take the open shot that you have. Come off the screen and, and just pull up and shoot. Um, and, and, yeah, but if you give a team that many live ball turnovers, um, that, that's just not – it's just not – you can't overcome it. You know, it's throwing two or three pick sixes in the red zone. Yeah, you and I have, have... – 
have have both been on that pulpit for years. Just shoot the ball. You know, when you when you get an open shot, shoot it. Florida State is a always a high level offensive rebounding team, mm-hmm. and they typically struggle with turnovers. Well, you shoot the ball when you get a when you get an open in rhythm shot, and there's a pretty good chance you're going to rebound it if 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 you miss. You know, it's the it's the UNC philosophy on offense, which you know, and instead we we you know continue to work the around work the ball around trying to get it into Boston in the post and then throw it out of bounds or hand it to a Georgia Tech player. Yeah, was- yeah. yeah, or not even. It, it, sometimes it wasn't even. There was several on, especially MJ that I can think of where it's like. He comes off the screen, gets it. The shot is there. Is it open in the sense that like you have your, you know, all day to shoot, like you're standing in the corner? Not really, but these are high level basketball games. That's not what the definition of open is. The shot is there. Instead, he takes a couple dribbles in and, and that is what Georgia tech is wanting you to do. He's already beat his man. First of all, he's taller than Jose Alvarado. He can just pull up and shoot over him. Second of all, he's already beat him. Jose Alvarado is trailing him pull up and shoot. And like you said, we, we shot 53% from three in that game. Half of those shots might go in and another 35% are going to be rebounded by us. So those are pretty good odds. Instead balls get poked away and it, it's just leading to run out dunks. Um, so like you said, ex- extremely frustrating. I don't know that there's much else to say other than at this point, given that Raekwon Evans is clearly not, I don't even speculate on what's going on, but I can just say that on the court, he's clearly not performing at the level that he was in January. And he's clearly not performing at even the level that he was last year in his backup role. And without Raekwon Evans being able to initiate the offense, get downhill, it's forcing guys like polite and MJ Walker, or even Scotty to do things that they're not, that's not their strengths. And, and we are a team full of role players who play their role very well. And, and when guys have to go outside their role, you get 37% of your possessions being turnovers. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the solution is right now because we essentially do not have a point guard. I mean, it's Raekwon Evans is, is really struggling. Um, uh, I mean, he played what, like 10 minutes. Yeah, he turned the ball over three times, and Scotty is is you know he's still learning the position. He's gonna he's gonna eventually be a good point guard in the NBA, but he's still learning the position, and you know that that kind of puts Florida State in in a, in, in a bad spot. And we you know we we're going from one team that has some small handsy guys, you know, straight into another team that has some small handsy guys on on Friday in UNCG. So be interesting to see, you know, if we're able to figure out a way to be strong with the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll get there in a second. Um, I, I mean, we'll just close out the conversation to kind of bridge the first two uh, topics. I think if, if nothing about the Georgia tech game changed, except that you put Trent Forrest on Saturday night's team, I, I think Florida state wins by 15, you know? Yeah. I, I, I got nothing to say to that. That's, that's, that is a, a, a true statement. Yeah. So at any rate, um, they, the, the Seminoles finished second in the regular season of the ACC, uh, which, which is, I, I would say like mildly overachieving. I, I think going into the season, most people thought they were probably a top four team, but uh, finishing second is mildly overachieving and the Seminoles finish uh, second in the conference tournament. 
you know, if you tell me that most years at the beginning, if you said, Hey, you're going to make the ACC uh, tournament championship game and, and it's a 50, 50 shot from there. I think I would, I would take it. Um, do, do, does it feel like that this is a, I mean, has, has Leonard Hamilton's program arrived to the point that even in years where we're saying we don't have a point guard or we lost two lottery picks plus the all-time leading winner in, in FSU history, um, that they're still able to finish in the you know top four of the conference or top three in the conference and, and make the ACC tournament championship game. Does it feel like the program has maybe taken a slight step up from, from that little stretch where, you know, that 17, 18 stretch where it was like, we were just starting to get good, but still uh, finding our footing. If you look to, to all of our friends out there on Twitter, you know, the, the question that I keep getting is, you know, how disappointing of a season was this? And it's like, you know, we just, we just finished second, you know, we just, it was, it was like, you know, Clemson football, they know that they are going to be in the conference championship next year, like all their fans right now. So if they don't make it, sure, that's a disappointing season. You know, Florida State, we knew they were a good team, but finishing second in the regular season, finishing second in the in the conference tournament, that is, uh, you know, far short of a any you know any any kind of disappointing season. Um, the 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 reason that it feels disappointing is because we had two chances to cut down some nets and we we blew it in, in both games, um, but. You know, that's the only reason that the only reason that we got to those games is because we probably, you know, outperformed expectations a little bit to, to get there, uh, you know, and now it's it's we're on to the on to, um, you know, the NCAA tournament, which is a kind of a new season all in itself. And hopefully the guys can can regroup and, and, and find something that will, you know, enable them to to play at their best. Yeah. No, that's, that's well said. Uh, somebody, and, and I, you know what, I wish I knew who it was because I'd love to give them the shout out, but someone posted sort of the, the Bart Torvik, which is like the free Ken Palm. Uh, and, and in some ways, maybe even a little better because you can manipulate it by dates. And so what they did was they manipulated it for the last five years. And, you know, Florida state was essentially ninth in the country in like, in overall performance on the basketball court of all games played in the last five years, Florida state was ninth in the country. Um, so like you said, that is uh, to, to be accomplished to doing what they're doing on the budget that they're doing it on is, is pretty impressive. You know, a school like Louisville has not finished in the top two of the ACC standing since, since 2017 is the last time that Louisville finished in the top two of the ACC standings. Um and, and North Carolina has only finished in the top two uh, of the ACC regular season standings once in the last uh, five years. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think some good things are happening. Uh, let's, so let's go on to the NCAA tournament then. Uh, Florida State makes it for the – they technically qualify for the NCAA tournament for the fifth consecutive season uh, since we were the automatic champion uh, bid last year. They're competing in their fourth consecutive uh, NCAA tournament. And, and I'll be honest, Michael, I was a bit surprised. Okay, I was surprised that Florida State was the four seed. I thought that our performance on the road, we just didn't have a lot of quad one wins and performance on the road might have let us uh, slip to a five. I was downright shocked that Florida State was seeded as the highest fourth seed, uh, putting them in the, in the weakest one seed bracket. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't dig into all, all of the data because there's other people out there that, that do a much better job than I would do. Um, so I, I was checking, you know, at Bracket Matrix, not just checking the matrix, but checking the, the, the people who have scored the, the, the you know, done, done the best, outperformed, um, you know, the, the, the matrix in the past few years. And those people were, you know, were listing FSU as a four. So I, I was thinking, you know, heading, you know, going into the, the show that FSU was going to be a four, it does seem high, you know, that we're above a, f- a few of the teams that were, that were above. Um, it, it, it kind of makes me shake my head and wonder what, what in the world the committee's thinking about, but you know, whatever it is, what it is. We, we avoided the death star Gonzaga bracket and we, we won't see them until the final four. So we're good. Yeah. Avoided the Gonzaga bracket that we have quite often fallen into. Uh, we played them three times and we've been uh, three times in the last decade or so. I think we played them in 2010 or 2011, no, 2010. Uh, and then we, um, we're also in their bracket once or twice others and just didn't, didn't play them. Um, and, and, you know, typically that's been because the way it works is, is typically these, these games are played all, all across the country and Florida state is, is often what happens is, is they can't play in the same bracket as a Duke or a UNC, uh, cause they can't match up with them in the first couple of rounds since they're in the same conference and Duke and UNC get seated in either the East or the South. And so we get shipped out West, uh, to play in Gonzaga's bracket. But this year, um, it's all being played in Indianapolis. If that's, if you're just tuning in for the first time, every single game is being played in Indianapolis. And so there really wasn't um, a concern geographically and they could just see them directly on the S curve. Uh, and, and so by virtue of that, Florida state was able to avoid the undefeated and dominant um, Gonzaga program that is looking for their first national championship. Uh it, any thoughts on, I mean, it would be a few games before we get there, but good thing being in Michigan's bracket. I mean, that's, that's what we wanted, right? Uh, I mean, we wanted to not be in Gonzaga's bracket. I don't know that I wanted to be in anybody's bracket. That's the one. Well, you got to play somebody scene. tough. <laughs> <laughs> right. If we could have got into a bracket that only had, that only had a two seed. Yeah. I'd be happy about that. I mean, Michigan's tough team. They Isaiah livers is, is, is may, may not play. He'll probably, He'll probably miss at least the first game, but um, you know he's one of their key players. But they they have some guy. They got some dudes on that team, and and the, it'll be a very 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 stiff matchup, uh, and definitely the toughest team that Florida State has played all played this year. Well, we'll get let, maybe maybe we'll do the the big preview pod for the Michigan game if we make it uh, against them in the Sweet Sixteen. Just just looking at a few others before we get to Florida State's um, matchup. So. Uh, Illinois could be facing the Georgia Tech team that we just saw uh, in in Greensboro. If they if Georgia Tech wins their first round game, they would be uh, going to to face the Illini. That's an interesting one to me because uh, Kofi Coburn is you know he's a big, imposing, almost Michael Ojo type of presence. But you know Moses Wright can hold his own down there, and and the IU Dusamino versus Jose Alvarado matchup would just be a treat to watch. Yeah, absolutely. That's that. Uh, Illinois in particular is just—they're a fun team to watch. Um, yeah, especially that I would assume he's got his his Zora mask on these days. It's just—he yeah. he looks like a superhero out there, and he he, he plays like one. And then, uh, you know, Kobe Coburn just 
he he reminds me of a particularly skilled Michael Ojo. May he rest in peace. He is a he is very enthusiastic about being out on the floor, which Ojo always was, and he dunks everything, and he's bigger than everybody, and he's just, he's just a hell of a basketball player. Yeah, no, he he really is. Uh, so that could be a a great one to watch over there on the other side of the bracket. Another one, um, stick, sticking with the trend of, of ACC teams grabbing an eight, nine seed, you've got UNC who's really, uh, you know, over the last couple of months, UNC has really kind of turned it on. Uh, I believe they, they're one of the top 30 teams over the last uh, month or so. And they would be going against a Baylor team in the second round that honestly, I don't want to, okay, Baylor hasn't struggled, but they haven't looked as dominant as maybe they did in January or early February. Yeah, but in order to get there, they, you know, they kind of got screwed a little bit in their first game having to, having to play Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin lost some games coming down the stretch, but they were to Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa, you know, which are all like, you know, yeah. top teams one in and the two country. seeds <laughs> yeah so so they didn't beat them um but they're still you know a, a, a good team and and i would hate to I, if i'm uh wisconsin i would be upset that they're matched up against north carolina in the same way you know north north carolina's been playing well but north carolina if they can get that offense rolling you know their de- their defense is legit this year and if they can get that offense rolling they could, they can, you know, they can beat anybody, including Baylor. So, yeah. And I think, you know, their offensive rebounding is just incredible. Uh, I, I wish sometimes that we did more of the, just put it up and, you know, volleyboard it off the volleyball it off the backboard. I, I will say though, March is a guards game and, and, you know, are you going to trust Jared Butler or Caleb love when it, right, yeah. when you're getting down, let's say it's a tie game and there's five minutes to go. Uh, that that certainly would sway sway me towards Baylor. Uh, one other game, and then maybe we'll hop over to the Florida State side of the bracket. You know, we've talked a lot about Villanova losing Colin Gillespie. Uh, frankly, I think both you and I were hoping that, hey, if we've got to play a four or a five seed, you know, let's get Villanova, uh, having just lost their star point guard. That looks to me, if you're looking for a 12-5 upset, I mean, that is – we didn't really get to see an out of conference uh, schedule this year. So who knows about some of these mid majors, but Winthrop always has uh, some solid shooters and, and, you know, they're 23 and one and going against a team that really is trying to regroup after losing its, its, its identity, its star point guard. I don't know. That looks to me like that could be, could be one to circle. That is certainly going to be a popular upset. And, and, you know, the, Pat Kelsey's teams that went through up, they're used to winning. You know, this is this, these guys are used to winning ball games, and that matters. Um, you know, when you, when you get into the tournament, you end up playing like a, you know, a 16 and 11 uh, power conference team. You know, that team's not really all that used to winning games, but, but uh, you know, Winthrop is twenty three and one this year. They lost one time. Right. Um, I don't so, care what so, conference you're in. That's hard yeah. to do. Their guys are going to have plenty of 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 uh, you know confidence in, in that game. And you know the other thing about Winthrop is they get up and down the floor. So that that that's going to be a pretty exciting game to watch. Yeah, yeah. That that actually that that's bracket. You know, with the with the Baylor UNC and and the Winthrop Villanova, you've got Ohio State down at the bottom in the bracket. Arkansas with uh, boy, if you haven't watched uh, freshman Moses Moody play. 
out at Arkansas. He he is a treat to watch. Uh, so that 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 South bracket actually looks pretty fun. Um, all right, hopping over to the East, where again, so we're in the Michigan uh, the Michigan side of things. All these games will be played on Saturday, March twentieth. Uh, so we're in the the four thirteen matchup facing um, UNC Greensboro a team uh, that not, not necessarily with the winning history of maybe a Winthrop or a Davidson, but nonetheless, you know, they're from North Carolina and, and guys that are grow up playing basketball and, and they've got a pretty talented guard in Isaiah Miller. Yeah. Isaiah Miller is going to turn some heads, man. That guy is, I, I, we have played some pretty athletic teams this year and some pretty athletic players, but we have have not played anybody like Isaiah Miller. He is just an unbelievable athlete. He's thick. He's strong. He has no body fat. He's six foot tall and he's dunked the ball more than any player on Florida state this year. Um, so he, he, you know, he's got like a 46 inch vertical and he always has a ball in his hands. It's the, my initial reaction when I, you know, we, the bracket came out and I, I tracked down some UNCG games online and, and, uh, you know, it's, it reminds me of that Murray state team that we buried a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was a six, three job Morant, who is obviously, you know, a better player than Isaiah Miller. Um, but just. That that's the that's the style of team. It's it's one guy. He's always got the ball in his hands. He's he's uber athletic. We got nobody who can guard him, and he's uh, he's won the defensive player of the year in the SoCon three years in a row. So he can he can kind of play on the other side of the ball as well. Yeah, he he will be. You know, Scotty Barnes is going to be the the best pro prospect on the court, uh, but but Isaiah Miller might be the best college player on the court. Uh, you know and for you know i don't know what that means i don't because of his size he's probably not going to be a legitimate pro prospect although although a guy that he sort of reminds me of nate robinson i saw him play live in raleigh uh and and watch nate robinson who's about five nine and and threw it down on some guys talk about athletic and duncan so not to say that smaller guys uh, with his athletic ability haven't made the nba but uh he does he does a lot of things well in the court the, the question is, is as we've seen over the years when Florida State played uh, the Murray State team with John Morant, when Florida State played uh, the Dennis Smith Jr. team uh, when he was at NC State, uh, even some of these Chris Likes teams uh, when he, you know, down at Miami, is can, can everybody else – I mean, let's even say that, that Isaiah Miller pops off for 30 points. Like, that's still only 30 points. Can the rest of the team do enough – uh, to slow down what is what is a very good Florida State offense when they're not when they're not turning the ball over. If if Miller does not have a good game, uh, UNCG won't win this game. I mean, they, their role players are not guys who are going to be dropping twenty. Uh, they they outside of Miller, they look like a pretty standard uh, mid major team. You know, they've got the the center rotation where one of them is undersized and beefy and the other one's seven feet tall and 150 pounds. Right. You know, they got, they got the small guards who can't shoot, you know, they get, they get, they got the six, seven guy who, who looks like a high major player walking in the gym, but then you see him play and it's like, eh, yeah, maybe not slow uh, laterally and not a lot of ball handling. <laughs> yeah. And, and not a single player in the entire team that shoots more than 30, shoots above 34% from deep. So they're, you know, o- offensively, 
this t- this is a team that relies on Isaiah Miller, but does the team as a whole, you know, kind of hangs its hat on the other end of the floor? You know, they're they're a good, solid defensive team. They pressure the ball like crazy. Um, after every made basket, they're they're going to be pressuring the inbounds pass, um, and they're they're not there to just to just milk time off the clock. They're there to get steals. You know, they're playing skin to skin. Um, you know, you know when 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 they're in that that pressure defense, um, and the 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 skinny seven footer that they have uh, is the second best blo- shot blocker in the nation, um, which is weird. He was he was a he was a fairly coveted um, transfer last year. And he ended up at a, at a mid-major, which was a bit, a bit of a surprise considering how much high-major hit tension he was getting. Um, he's, uh, you know, great shot blocker. And then he also, he shoots more threes than twos, which is kind of weird. Um, so it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting uh, matchup on, on, on how we defend him as well. Yeah, it, I mean, it kind of strikes me as what we were just talking about at the, at the opening segment, that if, if Florida State can just, really not commit 35% or turnovers on 35% of their possessions. If, you know, I I hate to even say this, but if they can quote unquote limit the turnovers to 25% of their possessions, it feels like a game that they would be able to just, you know, start to be able to get enough into the passing lanes, get enough offensive rebounds uh, and and get to the, you know, guys like gray who I, I just don't see UNCG having someone who can really defend gray that that in particular seems like the mismatch uh with with a big wing like that who can go out you know on the perimeter and also you know drive in uh, off the dribble it it feels like geez if you can just limit your turnovers to like some travels and some charges (laughs) that fsu probably should get the win if isaiah miller is able to rack up six or seven steals and they're able to get, generate some pressure off some inbounds passes and get a few easy layups that way. Well, shoot, if you give a team 16 points off a of live ball turnovers, it's a different ball game. Yeah, they're going to be very handsy. Um, and we, we need to convert some of those, those handsy moments from, from steals into fouls. Um, Which means being strong with the ball. Exactly. You got to be strong with the ball. You got, you got to use your, you got to understand how to use your body to keep a smaller, much quicker guy away from the ball. And I, yeah, I, I don't know how many of those guys that we have on, on, on the roster, but they got to figure it out by Friday. Uh, UNCG, they do commit a lot of fouls. You know, they, that's, they're, they're a deep team. They play a lot of guys. Um, it's like I, Isaiah Miller and four other guys at all times. Um, they, they, they never win the free throw battle. Like they're, they're always in games where their opponents are shooting more free throws than them. So, you know, if we can convert some of those steals into free throws, you know, spend some time at the line, get into the bonus early, uh, you know, it'll, 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 it'll be looking uh, good for Florida state uh, just because UNCG's offense, you know, outside of Miller just isn't very good. And if you can, if you can be strong with the ball, it's going to lead to some 10 0 runs or 13, two runs or, you know, whatever. And if if you, if you pile together like four of those runs in a game, it's, that's an awful steep hill to climb for a, for a 13 seed to try to stay in that. Especially a 13 seed that doesn't really shoot the ball all that well from three. Uh, and, and to, to your point about being strong with the ball, just for folks listening. So, so the, the FSU UNC game in the ACC tournament where, where MJ Walker had the ball just across the timeline and he got, 
clearly grabbed on the arm by Garrison Brooks. I'm not quite sure what Jay Billis was seeing there when he was saying that there wasn't a foul, but you know, that's, that's an example of MJ Walker being strong with the ball, you know, two hands on it, stepping through and, and the whistle is called the referee is going to usually call that a foul in the Georgia tech game. When it's the MJ Walker or the Anthony polite, that's, that's got, it's dribbling the dribbles way out away from your body high or, or you're not putting your body in between the defender and the ball, um, you know, or, or you're not making decisive action, decisive steps or cuts, that's going to lead to steals every time. And, and the referee's not going to reward that uh, with fouls called. And so they, they've got to, they've got to figure out how to just be, to make decisive movements and, and be strong with the ball, two hands. And look, you're bigger when you can just stand up over the top and either shoot or pass over the top. Uh, of the press do that don't stand around or over dribble you start over dribbling it's going to go the other way two points with Isaiah Miller yeah I think what we're going to see is a lot of um, you know when we're inbounding the ball we're going to have two guys that are that are hunting for it both those guys are going to be being harassed by small little guards and we'll, we'll probably see Balsha or uh, you know, uh, Osborne or, or somebody, you know, racing back across the midcourt line to be that open guy in the middle. Um, so we, 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 you know, we're going to need that person to make a good decision once they get the ball. And if we can do that, you know, it, it allows you to kind of ramp up the tempo a little bit. You know, their, their best defenders have to now scramble 80 feet to get back into the play. Uh, you know, and you can, you can really, you know, get some, get some quick hitters and then, and hopefully, Ham and crew are, are kind of working on that, you know, catch, catch the ball 30 feet inbounds turn and, you know, make up, make, make some good athletic moves to, to, you know, get, a, get some quick scores without, you know, turning the ball over. All that is well said. Uh, all right. Why don't we take, we'll take a quick break and then we'll look, we'll just peek ahead at maybe the Georgetown Colorado game, since that would be potentially, you know, the winner of that would be the, the matchup for Florida state in the second round. Should they get by UNCG? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal each week. You're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, so we just just gave sort of the preview of of UNCG, the fighting Isaiah Millers, um, and Florida State needs to be strong with the ball and convert, convert their opportunities around the basket and, and at the free throw line. Uh, but if, if they are to prevail in that game, they will face, so they're four seed. That means they'll face the winner of the five twelve matchup, which is uh, a Colorado team is the five seed that quite honestly reminds me a lot of Florida state in the sense that they are extremely good at home. They win the vast majority of their home games and they have some, you know, inconsistent play is a nice way to put it on the road. Several losses that were at least as bad as our loss to Notre Dame on the road uh, to Cal and Washington. Uh, although they do, unlike Florida State, they have a stud point guard, senior point guard, McKinley Wright, uh, who, who is a really, really talented player. 
Uh, and, and then they're playing the Georgetown Hoyas, who, who would not have been in the tournament if it weren't for them winning the Big East Championship, the Big East Conference Tournament title. Uh, but they, they did, they, they won, I don't know, it was three or four games, three games in a row and, uh, and made it to the title game and crushed, crushed Creighton in that one. Do would you prefer one or the other, Michael? Uh, Georgetown. Absolutely. The, the, yeah, every, everybody is saying, Oh, Georgetown just, just, you know, played their way through the, through the biggies tournament They're they're They've got all the momentum. They won four straight games. Well, you know, if, if you want to build your bracket off of who did well in, in conference tournaments, then, then good luck. You're not going to win your pool. Uh, 538 did a good analysis on this uh, maybe last year where, you know, they looked at all these teams like Georgetown that had just made this, this sort of Cinderella run through the, uh, uh, through the conference tournament. And they, you know, evaluated whether they played better or worse in the NCAA tournament than the, than the computers predicted and uh, they did not play better. So there's there's no you know evidence that that Georgetown is really going to you know build on this momentum. And Colorado is 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 you know Colorado is going to be favored in that game, you know meaning that you know Georgetown is the lesser of the two teams, and we want we want them. Plus, they turn the ball over a shitload. If you think Florida State is loose loose with the ball, wait till you, wait till you see um, you know Georgetown. It's it's like. A, a little bit like the the old Florida State teams, um, so yeah, give me give me Georgetown, and uh, I'll be very happy. Yeah, I. So when when we were talking to to each other and kind of Slack and whatnot um, before the bracket reveal, and you know Colorado's not the five seed that I would have chosen or four seed. I think a lot of these fours and fives, to be honest, when I look around the bracket, a lot of them are interchangeable to me, particularly uh, the, the resumes, but the Colorado is not the five seed I would have chosen. I think Villanova would have been absolutely my, my top choice at the five seed. Uh, And even, even maybe someone like a Purdue who's on the four line, I felt like, you know, they have that one big body, Travion Williams. We could have bodied him up. They, they don't shoot it all that well. It just felt like a, a team we could match up well with. Um, although I wouldn't say that Colorado is the worst that we could have uh, drawn either. I, I think there, there are some other options that are worse. But Georgetown is absolutely the 12 that you wanted to be in the bracket with. If, if, if you told me that Florida State was either a four or a five and said, here's your 12s you get to pick from, uh, George, Georgetown – is 100% the team that I would have picked. And, and that is absolutely because of what you said about their turnovers. I mean, they, we, we would probably turn them over on 30% of their possessions, uh, give, given, given just our length and our ability to jump some passing lanes sometimes. So I, I, it would be a sloppy game. There would be a lot of dunks out of, on both sides, but I, I would feel pretty good if we get by UNC Greensboro and our opponent is Georgetown, I would feel pretty good about that situation. Yeah. They have a few guys who can really light it up from three, which would, you know, that would be the main danger. It's like we, you know, we talk about this all the time when, when we're playing the Boston colleges or, or the pits of the ACC um, you know, we worry about, do they have somebody who are a couple guys who can come out and go, you know, five for seven or whatever from deep and really keep them in it. And, you know, this is, this is one of those teams that has those shooters, but beyond that, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not seeing anything, um, you know, that particularly scares me about them. 
Well, and it's what we just saw with Florida State. I mean, Florida State shot 53% from three against Georgia Tech and still lost because they turn it over every like every mm-hmm. third possession. So if if we would be if Georgetown's gonna be turning it over that much, uh, I, I just would again, I mean you have to you're in if you're in the NCAA tournament, you have to play a decent team at somewhere, and I would prefer them over the other options. Um, have you given any thought, Michael, about the the uh, arenas i i don't know if if folks know this but so it's all in indianapolis but they're i say indianapolis it's actually more like maybe the world cup where there are games that are being played kind of all across indiana and so florida state's first game is in the uh, banker's life field house which is where the indiana pacers of the nba play uh, but other games are being played in hinkle field house uh, which is where butler plays they're being played in assembly hall which is where iu plays uh, some are even being played in Lucas Oil Field, you know, where the Colts play. Um, and so is there one that – oh, and here's this nuance too. They're not going to let teams play in the same arena in back-to-back games. Uh, so if you play in Hinkle your first game, then you're going to be in, you know, one of the others for your next game. Is there – does do you care about those things, Michael? Is there one that you'd just like to see Florida State in because it's a cool arena? I would love to see him at Hinkle. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it with a full crowd. Unfortunately, you know, that's not happening. But, but uh, you know, Hinkle's kind of a legendary place, uh, yeah. you know, as is Assembly Hall. But, 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 but Hinkle has that, you know, kind of magic to it. And, and uh, you know, we would love to see our players get, get the chance um, to play in there. They're, I'm sure they're probably, probably pretty excited about playing in an NBA arena. But, you know, it's better than playing in Lucas Oil. And I hope, I hope we don't get any games there. Um, but you know, it's, it's going to be a big fancy arena without a ton of people in it. Uh, we know that the sightline should be pretty good at being an NBA arena. Um, you know, and, and certainly, uh, there's not going to be like a, a, a leaky faucet or, or something in, sure. the, in the locker room, which you might run into in Hinkle. It's going to be, you know, everything's going to be top notch for the guys. So it'll, it'll, it, when you go to the NCAA tournament for the first time, it can be an overwhelming experience. And, you know, we've, we've got some guys, uh, you know, Balsha and, uh, you know, Scotty Barnes, you know, this is their first trip to the NCAA tournament and, and they're going to be walking into an NBA arena with all the fancy crap and, and hopefully they're able to tune that out a little bit and, and just get down to playing basketball. Yeah, you're you're right about. Hey, did we did we play in Hinkle? I feel like we played Butler in the NIT, maybe, uh, or was that Valpo? You know what? I think that was I think that was Valpo. Um, it, at any at any rate, you are definitely spot on. I would have loved to see us play in Hinkle. Um, so that's actually where Georgetown and Colorado are playing their game. So we will not be playing there. If that rule is held true that no team can play two in a row, we will not be playing in Hinkle in the second round. Um, ironically, I, I've actually been in the Bankers Life Field House. I went, uh, I was at a work conference last year or maybe two years ago, pre-COVID, and saw the Pacers play the Pistons. Uh, and and it, it is a nice arena. It, it's 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 probably more like the UNC, the Greensboro arena that we just played in versus maybe uh, like the Dean Dome, which even though the Dean home Dean Dome holds, you know, 18, 19,000 in the sense that um, 
it's one of those arenas that has a lot of space in between the backboard and where the, the seat risers are there on the end zones. So um, it'll, it could be, we'll see how many fans they put in. I, I think that arena was probably the sight lines were probably designed to have a full, full fans back behind the basket than maybe empty space. Um, so it, it's not going to be as nice as sight lines as Hinkle would be, but uh, it, it's certainly better than Lucas oil, which, which means that I think, we're either in assembly hall or Lucas oil and, and maybe there's one other that they're playing them in too, but we're, we're, we're not in, we're not in banker's life and we're not in Hinkle for round two. So I fingers crossed that we're in assembly hall of to, cause I'd like to have our three point shooters in a nice cozy gym going up against uh, Colorado. Yeah. It's, it's a very uh, Indiana thing to do to have an NBA arena called a field house. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. You know, so. Um. <laughs> But at any rate, so that's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll probably, I, I don't know if we'll come back after the, after the Saturday UNC Greensboro game. I, I guess maybe we will for a loss for sure. Cause we'll want to wrap up the season then. But other than that, we, we may not come back until after the second round, but any, any last thoughts on just the, the NCAA tournament at all? Uh, I saw there was some referees that are not going to be participating. Uh, do, do you, do you think that, I mean, what's your, are you, are you laying odds on that all 68 teams make it without a, without a COVID scare? Yeah, we have not talked about COVID during this pod. And that's, that's the one wild card, which, which, you know, has me, has me worried, you know, all, all it takes is, is one player from Florida state to get it. And that, that, that could be it. Um, not even get it. You know, Maybe one already, player with a false positive. Is, yeah. We, we've had that during the year. So, um, already a ref has got it and and contract tracing with five other refs you know it's has sent them home so they won't be around until the until the you know sweet 16 round um so nobody as as of the time that we're recording this pod nobody's out of it yet um but i would be shocked if louisville doesn't get to play as a substitution team um i think they're the first listed on the as the first team on the substitution list um, and I'll, I'll be pretty shocked if if somebody isn't isn't you know booted out of the first round and Louisville steps in. And can you imagine two? So let let's say it's Kansas. We already know that Kansas is leaving two or three players behind. They I don't even know if they're practicing in full this week because of their COVID situation. So if Kansas can't go, Louisville steps. Louisville, the first team out, steps in as the three seed playing Eastern Washington. I mean, I get. I guess that's what you got to do. You can't. You can't reseed the whole thing on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't. You. I mean, the seeds are the seeds. Are the matchups are the matchups. Everything's already scheduled. They're they're the, the teams are prepped. They're they're they've got film and they're they're game planning for a specific team. And then, you know, boom, one team goes out. You can't you can't do anything about the other sixty seven teams. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, you never know. You know. If Louisville becomes like a 15 seed or something, that's somebody's going to be pretty upset about that. Yeah, yeah. Talk about a talk about a tough tough 15 seed. Uh, let's hope that uh, let's hope that UNCG doesn't doesn't uh, get booted and then they jump. Although I don't know, we have a lot of luck against the Chris Mack led Cardinals, yeah. so maybe that would be a good result. <laughs> yeah, they are a 15 seed in, in our world. Yeah, maybe they'll maybe Colorado gets the boot and it'll be Louisville versus Georgetown. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, good talking to you and, uh, and go Knowles and, and, and more importantly, go, go March Madness. It's good to have it back.
for Michael, I'm Matt.